Hey, Redeemer family, it is so good um, to be with you, even um, in a little bit different of a venue today. Um, we love and are grateful for technology, um, but it certainly pales in comparison to actually getting to see your faces and hug your necks, but glad to be able to open up God's Word with you this morning. We definitely love you, uh, miss you, and are looking forward to getting to see you in person soon. You know, we have said on a weekly basis for the last several years, um, really all of Redeemer's history, that, that church is not this place, this building. Um, it's a people. It's a people who love, who trust, who treasure Jesus. And so I'm grateful that whenever you're watching this, that the church is still active, is still engaged, is still moving forward in the world, um, even when our location um, that we are grateful for is empty. Um, it is certainly not the church, and the church is not empty. We're going to continue in Proverbs, where we've been for the last several weeks. And one of the challenges um, of, of doing um, a Proverbs series we have talked about is that they're short, they're terse, um, and we're looking at them as topics um, rather than looking at um, like a chapter at a time. I want to remind us that the, the way we've defined wisdom is that it's being skilled at living. And so one of the, the challenges of preaching we saw this with Ricky's sermon a couple weeks back, is finding a way to connect with your topic, with your audience, with the congregation. And so Ricky had parenting, and in that, he's trying to make sure that it ministers to those who are singled, those who um, have kids that are outside the home, um, who, have, who have grown up, those who maybe will have kids but don't yet have children, and having to find a way to nuance that, that the word is beneficial to all who would listen. This morning, um, as we gather around Scripture, this topic that we have is going to be on what do the Proverbs say about adversity. And so this is a topic that we're not going to have to work as hard to find a way to, to, to nuance it for all of us because we're all currently going through some form or fashion of adversity. Now, I understand that it's of different levels, different amounts for each of us, but that we're all facing something, whether it's fear, um, whether it's concerns over health, whether it's economics at the moment, whether it's simply the interruption that has occurred in our lives right now as we're living under some sense, some sort of a quarantine, that our lives have been interrupted. And so we are living with adversity. And so I just want us to go back to Proverbs and to begin to see what does Scripture say about that. Um, you know, what do we do with it? How do we respond to it? And so we're just going to begin by turning to Proverbs 24.10 and read one verse here. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. So, so strong words, right? That when adversity comes, if, if we faint, if we grow weak in it, if we panic in it, then our strength is small. And so where we're going to begin is just looking at what does um, adversity reveal? Why do we have it? What does it reveal? Remember in Matthew 7, we saw that there were two men who are building on foundations, and one builds on a foundation of sand, and one builds on a firm foundation. And what Jesus tells us about this is that wisdom is following the Word of God. It's, it's building on the teachings of Christ. Um, and so the circumstances of the storm hit both of these homes, the one that's built on sand and the one that's built on a firm foundation. And so Christians are not avoiding the adversity that has hit our country and our, our, our world in this time. 
Christians are having the same adversity as non-Christians. And so what we want to do is be wise in the way that we respond to the adversity that has come and how we um, react to it. And so really what we're going to look at is that adversity is revealing to us what we actually trust in. What are, what's our security and what's our foundation in? What idols are happening in our life and which, what things are being shaken right now? Richard Baxter, a Puritan pastor, writes that adversity is the withholding of earthly delights. So right now, many of us are having earthly delights taken from us. Our comfort, our sports, our entertainment, um, our freedom even to move about. And, and we know that we, as good West Texans, do not like having our freedom um, infringed upon. And so even having to, to be at home, maybe more than you would want to be, or even if you want to be at home all the time, the fact that you're being told when and how many people you can be around, how often you can move around, um, it bothers us. And these comforts are being um, bombarded. And as these things have been taken away from us, we're seeing how much we actually rely on entertainment, normalcy, comfort, um, the ability to gather with people, these different things um, for, our, for our joy, for our peace, for our normalcy of life. And so potentially some cracks are showing up in our parenting, in our relationships. Maybe cracks are forming um, in our finances. Um, the, the distractions have, re- have been revealed, that there are some things that we have leaned too heavily and too much into. And now as adversity has come, we've seen that we feel shook, that our foundation does not feel secure at all. And so adversity is stripping away these things and revealing to us clarity and focus. Um, it, it's, help, it's forcing us not really to be able to hide, even from ourselves any longer, the things that we actually are clinging to. John Piper writes, Adversity, by its very nature, is the removal of things on which our comfort and hope have rested, and so it will either result in anger towards God or greater reliance on Him alone for our peace. His purpose for us in adversity is not that we get angry or discouraged, but that our hope shift off earthly things onto God. God's main purpose in all adversity is to make us stop trusting in ourselves or any idols or any man, but instead on His faithful arms. And so that's, that's our longing and our desire. And so as things have been shaken in our lives over the last few weeks, maybe some of these things, um, whether it's relationships or money or jobs or, or status or all these things that are going on, you may be feeling out of control. And so we want to now lean back into and see what the Lord might be revealing to us, what it is that he is teaching us and guiding us to, um, that we would have that sort of clarity. And so first we see that adversity reveals things to us. The second thing I want us to look at is why does adversity come at all? So I want to read a couple of passages to us outside of the Proverbs. The first is Ecclesiastes 7 verse 14. In the day of prosperity, be joyful. And in the day of adversity, consider God has made the one as well as the other so that man may not find out anything that will be after him. So what we just need to be reminded potentially is this, is that in our days of ease, of comfort, of prosperity, God has been the gracious giver of those. 
but also in the days of adversity, of difficulty, of lack, of comfort, of peace, of ease. God is also the giver of those, that he is using these for our good to reveal things about us, that God first off gives both in abundance and in adversity. A second passage I want us to look at is this. This is Job chapter 36, verse 15. And in one of the, the, the friend's speeches to Job, he, he delivers this line in verse 15. Speaking of God, he delivers the afflicted by their affliction and he opens their ear by adversity. And so what he's telling us is this, is that, that God actually opens our eyes and our ears to ourselves and to others by adversity. It, as it is stripping things away, as it's revealing things about ourselves, that it's forcing us to pay attention to others, right? That, that maybe in prior to this um, pandemic happening, you weren't thinking about the vulnerable in our community, those who would be most likely to get um, sick or to potentially struggle with COVID-19, right? You weren't as um, cognitive of those who are struggling with um, job loss. And yet, because of this, all of these things have brought to the forefront of our minds. And so we're considering them for ourselves. Our eyes and our ears have been opened both to ourselves as well as to others. So he is waking us up. He is revealing what it is that we have depended on and most likely revealing to us things we have depended on other than himself. Another passage here. This is Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. Prophet Isaiah writes, And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teacher will not hide himself anymore. But your eyes shall see your teacher and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the left or when you turn to the right, then you will defile your carved idols overlaid with silver and your gold-plated metal images. You will scatter them as unclean things and you will say to them, be gone. So we see Isaiah writing to them saying, listen, you have these idols in your life and yet God is gonna bring affliction right to you. And as you see the affliction, it's gonna reveal the things that need to be laid aside and you're gonna hear his voice guiding you forwards, telling you the direction in which to go. And they're going to be able to lay these things that you have depended on separately other than him aside. And so part of what is happening with the adversity is that God is revealing and stripping the things that we have depended on other than himself. The second thing is this, that he's not just revealing our dependency on things other than him. It's also discipline. Prior to our time in Hebrews, sorry, prior to our time in Proverbs, we had been in the book of Hebrews. And in Hebrews, we saw a people who were struggling, um, asking the question, is, is Jesus worth it? And should we leave him aside and go back to our, our Jewish roots? And as they're asking these questions, the author of Hebrews continues to tell them, listen, like lean into Jesus. He is enough. He is sufficient. Hold on to him. And yet they were facing difficulty. They were facing the plundering of their property. Um, they were facing persecution, um, a government crackdown. And he tells them, listen, even these difficult things that are happening, they're actually the discipline of the Lord. Read with me 
in Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 5. He writes to the, the, the Hebrews, And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So the author of Hebrews is reminding us that that even in the difficult things that are happening in our life and in our circumstances, that God is bringing about a discipline, a shaping of our character and of our nature, of, of cutting away things that need to be removed through this discipline. That the author of Hebrews has told us Right, that we don't, we don't drift into holiness. We don't just casually get there, that we have to be disciplined, that we have to be diligent, we have to be determined to get there. And so adversity is waking us up. Adversity is bringing discipline from the hands of God. And adversity also is acting as a teacher, right, as a, a shaper of what's going on in our lives. If we look to Psalm 119, we'll see in verse 71, the psalmist write this. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. It was good for me that I was afflicted. Right? It, it sounds so strange, and yet the psalmist is telling us it's good that I was afflicted because I learned to trust the word of God in my affliction. It's why we can consider hard times, difficult circumstances, affliction as a joy, as we see in James 1 two through four, that it's joy. We can consider it joy. That we can see, right, that we cannot simulate calluses, right? And so whether you have been in a coaching situation where coaches were pushing you beyond what you felt like your limits were, whether you've been doing hard work like hauling hay in your teenage years, right, whether it's even in parenting or difficult relationships now where you need the grace of God to, to, to persevere day in and day out, right, that we cannot just intellectually have those conversations that bring about um, grit, that bring about calluses, that make sure that we are strong and healthy and able to, to be steadfast and persevering. We actually have to go through things. And so as good parents, we put our kids in situations where they are stretched and pressed because in that they're developing grit, perseverance, steadfast faithfulness. And God is doing that even in our circumstances. And so what we can do is we can look at the adversity that's come, whether it's for you economic or emotional, whether it's fear-driven, whether it's health-related, we can say God is doing something. He is at work in us, and we can trust Him that He is shaping us, that He is removing things that are distracting us from Him, that He is refocusing us and putting our eyes back on Him. 
But if we look back to Proverbs 24.10, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Some of you maybe feel like you fainted, um, that you have or that you wanted to. Maybe fainting in this scenario right now would look like that you've panicked. There is a tremendous amount of fear or a lot of doubt. Maybe that you have felt like you have, have kind of been curled up in a ball in reality or metaphorically and just not been able to get a lot accomplished or done. That maybe that's what fainting would look like for us. And so you're going, these words in Proverbs 24.10 are difficult because I've wanted to faint in the day of adversity. So does that mean my strength is small? And, and ultimately, what we need to understand is it, it is. Our strength is small. And yet if we turn to Proverbs 17.17, 17, we'll see another word about adversity. And here's what we see. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Right, that we have this, this word here that, that we have a friend, a brother, who will stick with us in the midst of adversity. And that friend for us is not, not our, our best friends, it's Jesus. That Jesus has been a friend who has stuck with us in the midst of adversity. And, and church, the fact is, is our strength is small. It is not sufficient. It is weak. And yet Jesus, his strength is sufficient. It is enough. And it is present for us. Jesus has stepped in to rescue us, church. When we were without hope, without a chance of making things right with God, that Jesus has stepped in and done what we could not do. In our place, he stepped in to live the very lives that we were meant to live and yet didn't. To die the death that we so richly deserved, he stood in our place. Jesus was the one who was forsaken. Jesus was the one who was crushed and God's wrath was poured out. Jesus received the wrath that we so richly deserved in our place, that he was crushed and forsaken so that we did not have to be. And so as a friend, he has never left us. He has never forsaken us. He actually tells us that he comforts those who mourn, that he will wipe away every tear from every eye, that he is in the process of restoring and redeeming the world around us. In Romans 8, that he is using even the difficult affliction and adversity of life for our good, that his glory is coming, and that we will say that the things that we face in this life, whether it's in this pandemic or in other situations and circumstances, will pale in comparison to the glory that will be revealed in us through Jesus. He has given himself to us to run to, to trust, and to depend on. Jesus is the friend in Proverbs 17, 17, who loves at all times and is a brother who was born for adversity. We can lean into and trust him. He is enough for us. And so we've seen that, that adversity reveals some things about us, but we also want to look and see how should we respond to adversity? What is it that we can do moving forward? And first and foremost, it's this. There's an invitation to commune with God. Then we get to commune with Jesus. So this looks like the spiritual disciplines of, of prayer and of reading the word. Um, obviously, we cannot gather as much as a church at the moment, and yet we can commune with him. And so would we look at going into the word as dining with Jesus, as, as having a meal with him? 
that we would interact with him, that we would ask him to minister to us, to, to, to let the, the truth of his word be medicine, a balm for our soul, for our fears, for our doubts, for our worries, that we would rest in his good, faithful character and the multitude of promises we have in Scripture, that the Spirit and the Word would minister to us as we sit with Jesus, that we would repent of idols that have potentially been revealed to us for the first time in a long time. Maybe you were aware of them, but maybe you had some you did not know were even an issue that in the last few weeks you've now seen. Would you thank God for the work and the revealing? Would you confess them when you see them? And would we be able to rest in and trust and depend upon God's faithful work, faithful provision for us in Jesus? So we want to respond by communing with him. We also want to respond by rightly reflecting the image of God. We want to do these things in action. And one of the ways that we can do this is we can bear burdens that are beginning to, to happen around us. The fact is, is there are many who are, are fearful of being sick. There are many who are potentially losing or have lost jobs. And um, we have our healthcare workers and our government officials who are working um, tremendously hard in, in difficult circumstances. And so that we can be reaching out asking, how can we help bear burdens? How can we pray for you? How can we encourage you? How can we help you do your job in a, in a more efficient manner, in a way that would encourage you? So we want to bear burdens of those in our church family and those who are our neighbors, our friends, those in the community that we are aware of. It means that we want to pursue people. And listen, we, I know that this is difficult right now, um, that some of this is going to happen via social media or via texting or virtually because we cannot gather as much. But what we see in Christ is that he ran towards the mess. He ran towards the pain because we needed it and we had no hope apart from him. And so we can begin to reflect his character by running hard after those who are currently hurting, who are currently in pain, who are a mess, giving reason for the hope that we have in Jesus, pointing to Jesus, saying, listen, our souls are anchored, as Hebrews would say, in Christ. And so the circumstances of this world can buffet us, can shake us as the storm comes from side to side. And yet we're going to rest deep in him because we are anchored in him. He is the reason that we have hope and peace and courage despite what's going on around us. Church, we don't want to just bear burdens. We don't want to just pursue people. We also want to be generous. This is a core value of Redeemer. And, and yet sometimes we think of generosity only out of abundance. And yet we can have a chance now to be generous when it really costs us something out of potential lack. And so as those who are fearful of not having enough to pay bills, who are losing jobs, whose money right now is tight, that we would look to be generous, church, to be mindful as a church and as also individual families, Um, that we would be generous with our time, that we would give a listening ear to those who have fear, who have doubts, who are lonely, who just need some time on the phone, maybe time across a Zoom call, time texting back and forth to know that they have not been forgotten, that we'd be generous with our, our time and our knowledge, that we would be looking to see how can we meet needs in the community, whether that's things the government is asking of us, things the hospital is asking of us, things the school is asking of us, or even just things we're aware of with our friends, family, and neighbors. 
and that we would share freely, generously, right? Trusting that God is our faithful and good provider. We see in Acts 2 that the church met, even in the midst of persecution, um, in homes that they gave freely, that no one was lacking, no one was in need. Everyone gave out of what they had and that God was adding to their number daily. That the word does not return void, that we would see folks um, trusting Jesus in ways they've never trusted before, that we would see folks saved, that we would see folks matured and disciple, discipled as they fall in love and treasure Jesus. And then finally, would we ask Jesus simply to anchor our souls and our response in these times, that he is sufficient, that he is enough, that we would lean into him as our refuge, that we would go back to the word realizing that it reveals his character, his truth, his promises, and that it would minister when our emotions want to run away from us. Church, Jesus is enough. He is sufficient. He has not been shaken um, by this pandemic. He's not taken aback. He's not shocked by it. He is a secure father. And so just as you remember being afraid of storms as a kid, and as long as mom and dad or grandparents or whoever you were around were feeling secure and were not afraid of the news or what they were hearing, as a kid, you were able to breathe easy and go to sleep. That we have a God who is sufficient and faithful, who is a refuge in times of trouble, who is not taken aback. He is in control. His foundation has not been shaken. We can rest in him. So church, I want to ask you, if you are in need, emotionally, physically, spiritually, in any way, financially, that you would reach out, whether that's to your gospel community leader, if you're in a gospel community, whether that's to an elder, whether that's to, to myself, please do not do this alone. Don't feel like you have to, to make it through this. Please make us aware in any way that we can serve you. And so you can reach out um, by calling, by texting, um, it, go to the website and there's an email address for the church. Um, reach out via Facebook. Please do not suffer alone. Church, we love you. Jesus is sufficient. And would we allow this adversity, this season to grow us, to help us to lean in and trust and depend on Jesus in a way that our faith would be deepened and strengthened for a lifetime ahead of us. Church, we love you. I want to pray for you now. Jesus, you, God, you're enough. So we would ask that you would minister. Now, we thank you for technology that allows this to occur. And yet, God, we long for the day where we are together in the same room once again. Father, would you, in, in the midst of this difficult time, would you bring hope and peace? God, would we find our faith strengthened and deepened? God, would we see folks come to faith God, would we be willing and able to give an answer for the hope that we have? God, would you give us promises in Scripture to cling to, to hold on to? And Father, would you be glorified in our response as we repent and confess of idols and learn to lean in, to trust, and to depend, on, to, to depend upon you even more so? Lord, we just say thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, we love you.